Hey guys, I'm Alan Beek and welcome to Barber Soup, my unedited and unscripted Thinking Out Loud podcast. I'm going to be sharing my personal experiences and discussing topics related to the hair industry and my journey so far. So sit back, relax, and I hope you guys enjoy it. The response I've been getting so far from the podcast has been amazing, so I want to start off by saying thank you because this is occupying my mind and it's helping me through I would say a difficult time but it depends on kind of your mindset and how you perceive this situation that we're all in to be going from a million miles an hour to completely standing still has been really difficult for me and I'm going to share in, in not in this podcast but in a future one kind of like my struggles internally um, how I've dealt with it and what I'm doing to occupy my mind. So the main um, item of occupation obviously is been doing the podcast and kind of researching the things to talk about and keeping myself busy with the family. Having two children makes makes it a lot easier for time to pass by, even though they are difficult because one's one and a half and one's two and a half. It's beautiful to spend time with them and my wife, but I feel like there's a void there's something missing. I've kind of devalued a little. I feel a little bit worthless and I know I shouldn't do. I should use it to my advantage, which I'm trying to do. I should spend more time outdoors, which I love doing. Spending time outdoors, getting back with nature, going on walks, woods, forests, fields, taking the dog out. It's one of my most favorite things to do. So, uh, in my next episode, I'm going to go over some of the things that I've been up to, some of the things that I've, I need I need to keep myself active and to keep myself stimulated. But without further ado, I'm going to start with episode number three, which is titled Cut Hair Like Your Life Depends On It. Now, this takes me back to my route to barbering, initially where I started off in a career learning from two guys who had an immense wealth of knowledge and skill, which was derived from more classical and traditional Italian barbering and ladies' hairdressing. I I loved that combination, and they were and still are amazing at what they do. It was incredible to learn from two people like that, but they weren't educators. So... In a way, I had to learn from them by observation, which is one of the most natural ways of learning anyway. We observe, we repeat, observe, repeat, observe, repeat. And this process is is the most effective and most natural way to learn. But the title itself relates specifically to the Italian way of cutting hair. When I was learning in the shop and I was learning in college, I found that I got a deeper connection with what I was learning by exploring more into the history and origins of it. It was here that I realized the kind of rationale of the people who concocted the specific techniques that we still use every single day. So the more I knew about these techniques, the more of the origins and history I knew about them, the more I understood them and the more I enjoyed doing them. I also found it really consoling knowing more about the past. Knowing more about the past gives you an explanation as to where you're at right now. And it helps you project to where you want to be and to make more realistic goals for improvement. So whenever we do our education, I take a lot from my experience in college. 
all my teaching days and I, I tend to use a development matrix which is to document your progression and by using things like social media to see what level you were at previously in comparison to where you are now you can see an obvious change and see how much you've advanced everyone can remember their first haircuts and even the pictures of the haircuts on social media when they first started they were really amateur the picture quality was terrible the styling was really bad it wasn't the, the actual overall standard of haircut was quite low fast forward today and every aspect of what you produce from back then is 10 times better now if not more so i want to give you a little history lesson in italian barbering and a little bit about barbering itself so a red and white barber pole signifies rags and blood it was during the the middle ages buildings that had these outside them indicated a medical trap house the red stripes represented blood or bloodletting and the white represented the bandages used to wrap up wounds not too much in the uk but in the us some of the poles have blue in them as well some people say it's because of a blue vein the deoxygenated blood and some say it's patriotic to coincide with the colors of their, their nation's flag but in the, in the US, they tend to be just red and white, and quite a few in the US are red, white, and blue. You've got to be careful in South Korea, though, if you're ever planning a visit there, because a barber, call, a barber pole sorry, can either be a barber's or a brothel. So if you're ever visiting South Korea, just make sure there's a window so you can see inside and you can see someone cutting hair, or you might get more than you bargained for. But either way, you're going to leave happy with a smile on your face. I think one of the worst things about doing a podcast is the fact that people can't really see your face and they can't tell whether you're doing a joke or not and I'm sorry but I will try and drop a few jokes in there obviously I joked in about in the last episode about the necrophilia one which was a little bit sick and a little bit silly I got some people though and again one of the worst things about doing a podcast is that you have no reaction from your mic it just stares back at you no emotion out of order but anyway let's get back to it so uh, in the medical trap houses were clinicians let's call them or barber surgeons they were known as and they were people that were trained in how to use sharp tools and instruments and they performed a number of procedures that included things like pulling teeth out setting bones stitching wounds leeching which is exactly what you think it is literally putting a leech onto your skin to suck the blood out they were in charge of things like amputations and bloodletting. So bloodletting was where a vein was opened and blood was drained from the body in an attempt to rid that person of the disease that they had or to even prevent them from getting a disease if the clinician thought that they had too much blood. Obviously, there wasn't as much intellect back then as there was now. And some people thought that if you had too much blood in your body, this was creating certain ailments and diseases. So you can imagine back then in these establishments there was a lot of blood flying around and they weren't very knowledgeable back then of the dangers of blood contamination and cross-contamination. Now in the shop I'm always cutting myself and on occasion I, I will cut a client by accident obviously mainly just because I'm daft and I've always got something on. I've always got other things to take my attention away or plainly just because I'm so heavy-handed but we work in an industry where we use tools that are extremely sharp 
and we use it on skin and human error sometimes becomes present and it happens but uh, if there's blood from both parties from say the barber surgeon and obviously from the patient then all we're going to look at is just a complete mass spread of disease these places were going to have a higher turnover of staff than a city center barbershop but being skilled in using sharp instruments scissors and razors were introduced to the shops and this is obviously where people were having their hair cut and getting their face shaved now in order to protect their own lives the barber surgeons devised ways to cut hair without physically touching their clients and this is a really accurate and technical way of cutting hair and we still still use it widely all over the world i think this is where bigger and longer scissors started to be used as it was a case of the bigger the scissor the more you could cut and it would save time if there was only one of these establishments in each town and can you imagine how many people were in there if you were cutting someone's hair it needed to be quick and a bigger scissor meant that you could cut more off and save a lot of time I think the, sh the shorter scissor then was more introduced to women's hair where sections were smaller and when you were cutting closer to the fingers it meant you had a lot more accuracy and a lot more control so that's where the title comes into play whereas in the middle ages it meant physically to save their own lives but if we live by that motto in a metaphorical sense we'd all become a lot more successful so let's try and live and try and work and cut hair like our lives depend on it now in order to push things forward in your own life and your own career it's important to identify weaknesses within yourself and your skill set there is something that you have to do now and be completely and brutally honest with yourself so think to yourself are you lazy do you drink too much do you smoke too much do you eat too much do you procrastinate and put things off all the time are you negative grouchy judgmental as a little as a task to yourself write down a list of five things about yourself that you want to change in the next episode i'm going to give you some techniques of how to overcome things about yourself that you'd like to change but only when you can do this like i said you have to be completely and brutally honest list five things about yourself that you don't like and that you'd like to change then in episode four we'll go back to that list and i'll give you some methods and techniques and some exercises of how to turn those negatives into positives so that's a personal side of development when it comes to a professional side of development you need to do very much the same thing in order to get to the level of skill where you want to be we need to do what we do best as barbers and become our own critique so everyone i always meet whenever i travel or in the uk or every other barber constantly slates off themselves and that's just because naturally we want to be better and over time our standards get higher and as our standard gets higher we judge ourselves and we critique ourselves constantly so what we need to do is self-assess our work we're doing it now not in a negative way but in a positive way so we're not going to slag ourselves off but we're going to start identifying our own weaknesses so that we can work on them to raise the bar of our own knowledge and skill so go through things like your clipper work your fading and tapering blending hair so then you can go into things like clipper over comb or scissor over comb your detailing work and shaping up your layering techniques sectioning patterns 
all different kinds of texturizing and, and styling. So you need to look at things like what tools and what products to use. You can also look at things like your social media, photography, and the best way to do it is to write across the top of a page every single one of those components. And then down the left-hand side of the page, put a marker from 10 at the top and one at the bottom. So 10 being very scoring very, very high and one being scoring very, very low. And give yourself a mark out of 10 for each one of those components. When you finish marking yourself, draw a line from the left-hand side to the right, making sure that you connect each one of the dots and you can kind of see and identify your strong points and your weak points. Now, when you first started cutting hair, that line would have been a lot lower, very, very low, around the ones, twos, and threes. If you guys are anything like me, you'll always kind of give yourself an average. You tend to give yourself a higher, higher mark with something like layering if you have a hairdressing background because you are better at layering. So be honest. And don't feel like you're blowing your own trumpet if you give yourself a high mark. If you've got strengths in something, give yourself a high mark. You've got a strength. We're not trying to identify our strengths here. We're trying to identify our weaknesses. So what we want to do is we want to move that line up. We want to raise the bar. We want to increase the standard. And in episode number four, I'm going to teach you ways of how to get shit done. And that'll be the title of the next episode. I think when we do start to uncover the strengths and weaknesses, it gives us a a stronger connection to our jobs and what we do. Uh, I sat down just over a month ago and added up exactly what my outgoings were in the shop uh, and at home. And when you look at the things around you and who depend on you, you think, shit, I've got to keep working hard if I want to go on holiday or if I want to pay that electricity bill or if I want to pay for a new car. Everything costs money and we need our jobs to do it. If we get better at our jobs, it's more than just surviving, it's living. I have this motto where if I'm going doing something for 50, 60, 70 hours a week, there's no way on this earth that I'm not enjoying it. And I speak to a lot of people, you know, anything between 75 to 100 clients a week. And I do speak to a lot of people and they despise their jobs It's a means to an end. And I never, ever wanted that. I wanted to do something that I enjoyed, something that I jumped out of bed for, something that I couldn't wait to get to work for because I enjoyed it. Now, I made work more attractive. I made that premises more attractive by enjoying it. And when I know more about my craft, I enjoy it a lot more. So what I'm potentially trying to do is share with you all the things I've experienced and done for myself and they're what have worked for me so I've decided to put it all together and share it with you guys and hopefully it'll help uh, anyone that's listening so before we kind of wrap things up uh, I want to give this episode book recommendation and that is a book called Mastery by Robert Greene this was definitely definitely one of my favorite books I've ever read it was a tough one you know when I tend to read on my phone and I always do a sample first, I'll put it in my want to read and I'll read the sample and you only get 30 to 40 pages on a sample. If I enjoy it, I buy it and it jumps from 30 pages to 1,200 pages and it's just, it's like a marathon, you think, wow, how the hell am I going to find time to read that? But, you know, as I mentioned previous, I wait until everyone's gone to bed I sit down, I put my headphones in, no music. It just kind of blocks out any sound and it kind of 
encapsulates me in this little cocoon where I can focus solely on the words on the page. But this book really, really sucked me in and I find myself getting in bed as early as I could every night so I could carry on reading it. In a nutshell, it's basically an explanation of how to sculpt your mind and your life in the pursuit of mastery. And then on a more deeper level, how to be a better leader and giving loads of examples through stories of the lives of people like Leonardo da Vinci, Charles Darwin, Napoleon, Thomas Edison and loads more other current people who have attained mastery in different fields. The idea of mastery comprises of three stages. The first is the apprentice stage, obviously a lot of observation, watching, learning and being introduced to the industry that you want to go into. And then there's the creative active stage or the skill acquisition stage, which is exploring everything about the job that you want to do. Obviously, in my case, let's relate it back to barbering. Um, I'm watching clippering, I'm watching scissor work, I'm, I'm learning everything about interaction with clients, um, the physical hairdressing itself. And then obviously, as we go into it, things like photography, social media, marketing, how to run a business, the the actual components that are involved in barbering and hairdressing itself, if we break the actual job down into an actual job list, the list is as long as your arm. I wish it was a lot smaller, but it's not. And obviously, as we continue to evolve and grow, the job gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, when you progress through, obviously, just working and renting a chair and working in a shop, your job list is a lot smaller. All you're doing physically is looking after clients and cutting hair. When you own a business, that job then multiplies by about 15. So once you've spent years and years of honing your craft and trying to learn everything about your field, as much as possible, you might get a little bit close to obtaining mastery. Um, It's hard to go into too much detail about the book and and summarise it in in just a couple of minutes because there is so much to it, but it's something that really, really opened my eyes as to how much harder I've got to work and how much longer I've got to work to kind of be exactly where I want to be, but in a very positive and motivating way. It's very good to, to resonate to a book like that, no matter what you do for a living or what field you're in, and put yourself in that position. Um, and it's always really funny because every book that I could tend to read, there's always a reference to Barbara in there whether it's e-myth, whether it's mastery or how to win friends and influence people, there's always, always a connection or a mention of barbering. So it just kind of fills me with a little bit of joy every time I see it. But once again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for turning in. Um, If you guys could leave me a review or any comments would be greatly appreciated. And again, if there's any topics that you want me to cover, then please just get in touch. I'll be back next week with an episode uh, titled get shit done and it's something that you can listen to and repeat again if you want to take notes on the exercises that i'm going to give you and if you need to message me personally uh, then obviously you can do so through facebook or instagram dm so i'll be back next week until then take care stay safe and wash your hands